Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. And it starts right now. Good morning and welcome to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. My name is Brandon Biscobing and I've got a great show lined up for you guys. Have a big time guest coming on at 9 o'clock. Not too many guests this morning. Uh, So today, obviously, lots of things to talk about this morning. But also this show is going to be focused on you, the callers, if you want to call on in. Get your thoughts out on anything sports-related, whether it be, you know, we're still in the heart of baseball season. You know, that's coming towards the end, uh, heading towards the last month of the season. Obviously, college football about to start and high school football starting this past week. And I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Are you ready for some football at week zero here in South Carolina on the high school level last week. This week, technically you would call it week zero, but, you know, the opening games that are going to kick off the season on the college front happening uh, happening tomorrow. So I'll do a – there's going to be a full college football preview 
this morning for you guys. And like I said, if you want to call on in, be sure to do so. Talking about anything sports-related this morning, 323-784-9681 is that number to call. That number again, 323-784-9681. And before I get into talking about, you know, sports, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to start off with some college news and notes and, and a preview for the college season uh, throughout the first hour. Second hour will be focused on high school, and then the third hour I've got uh, I've got Nemo Squire from Dylan, who just made his commitment uh, uh, last night. Commitment last night uh, to where he's going to go on the college front. I'll have him on at nine o'clock. We'll talk to him about his recruitment, his senior season, a bunch of good things. Uh, to talk about there. But before we get to any of that, I just wanted to send my condolences out to the uh, Dutch the Dutch Fork family um, and the family of Jack El-Khatib. Um, he passed away on Wednesday, for those of you who don't follow high school sports all that much. He was a he was an offensive lineman for Dutch. Um, unfortunately, passed away on on Wednesday. So I just wanted to uh, take a quick minute to uh, have a quick moment of silence for him. So, once again, my condolences to all of them. We'll talk about that. Um, not so much, obviously, his passing, but what came as a result of it um, a little later on. But let's get into the sports talk now. And there was some big news that came out of the college front. We're going to focus on that uh, for the first half hour here. Um, and that is the, you know, we we knew about the uh, we knew about the SEC bringing in Texas and Oklahoma, and a lot of people were thinking, okay, what is this going to create? What is this going to do to the college landscape? Because as we've seen time and time again throughout the history of college athletics, a lot more recently. Um, but, you know, it happened back in the early 2010s with, you know, uh, well, really Texas A&M jumping to the SEC, Texas A&M and Missouri jumping to the ACC was what real, or to the SEC rather, is what really kick-started that realignment. And then obviously Syracuse and, and Louis, or yeah, Syracuse and, and Pitt and then Louisville jumping to the ACC and West Virginia going to the Big 12, that whole big realignment uh, situation happening in the early 2010s. And then obviously you had the one also in the early 2000s with and Boston College jumping to the ACC. And, you know, so this it's not new. But 
new about this one, at least for now. Obviously, we're still kind of in the feeling out stages, and it didn't take, you know, it took a few, I don't remember exactly how long it took, but I think it took a few months from when Missouri and Texas A&M announced that they were moving to the SEC to uh, some of the other schools like Pitt and Syracuse and then eventually West Virginia and, and all of them uh, moving out of the Big East and, and all the subsequent moves that were made. You know, Nebraska moving to the Big Ten, all of that. But as of right now, it seems like Oklahoma and Texas is going to be the only move we're going to see. At least as of right now. But this can all this all could change, and here's why. The big news that came out this week is that the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 have formed an alliance. What this alliance really entails, even after the pre- press conference, no one really knows. And a lot of people were saying as such on, on social media and, and on TV and on radio after the announcement was made. Basically, they're saying they're trying to protect and preserve the integrity of college athletics. You know, they're they're making the SEC to be you know to be the big bad wolf. Which you know, if you really think about it on a traditionalist level, they kind of are. But what they said here doesn't exactly help them in terms of what what it's going to do for college athletics and college football. Because, yes, they were saying all the right things at the press conference. They were saying, this isn't about money, this is, a, this is for the student-athletes, we're kind of... You know, this, this isn't about money, this is about the student-athletes, trying to protect the student-athletes. Uh, you know, we're trying to build, you know, we're trying to build something for college athletics in general with this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All great things. All great things. Don't get me wrong. But the way they went about doing it, and I know that it's, I know that this thing is agency. And I mean, we heard rumblings about it, you know, may, I think last week you started to hear some rumblings about it, but this came out, you know, the the fact that they were doing a press conference and that that was going to be what was, came about very, very quickly. I didn't, you know, I, I, I think I heard about it a little bit, but not, you know, no one really knew what was going to happen, and suddenly on, when, you know, Wednesday morning, Suddenly, it's oh, the ACC, Big Big Ten, and Pac-12 are going to have a press conference. And like I said, when when they were talking and when they were in the press conference, yeah, they were saying all the right things. They were they were saying what needed to be said. They were saying, you know, this is what what we want to do in a, in an idealistic level, but. The one thing that really stood out for me, and and this is going to 
and and I think I think a lo- for a lot of people this was the biggest takeaway. And just screams, this isn't gonna last. Is that there is no there is no official signed contract between the three leagues in terms of what this entails, what it means, all of that. Each all each all three commissioners said that this alliance is based solely on trust. And that that just oozes problems. That just screams we have no idea what we're doing. Because obviously it's ironic because one of them uh because one of them uh you know said what or excuse me one of the conferences but obviously none of these commissioners have watched the 30 for 30 requiem for the beat because one of the things that really stood out to me when watching that i mean there were a bunch of things that stood out to me when watching it i recommend if you haven't watched it, especially if you're a college basketball fan, um, you know, I it, it's bigger for me, obviously, because I'm a Big East guy in terms of basketball. You know, my alma mater is Seton Hall, so, you know, I'm still technically in, I'm still in the Big East. Um, but one of the things that really stood out to me was when they were talking about the realignment talking about, you know, the teams leaving and everything. Rick Patino saying how, you know, in, in the beginning, it, it, you know, it was, you know, you were a tight-knit family. It was, you know, one group trying to do things right for everyone else. And then, you know, later on he said, his AD said, this is what happens, is that everyone on the surface out in public is saying we're all in on the Big East. But as soon as they get out of that meeting, in the background, they're calling the ACC, the Big 12, the Big 10, etc., to get in. They're trying to get in. And everyone has their own agenda. And CC, Big 10, and Pac-12 are trying to make themselves look at look like they're going to be the first half. The first part of that, where they're going to be a tight-knit family and, you know, that they're they're going to stick it out together. But if you think about it, one of the big things is, you know, they said, you know, it was a small family operation that, you know, rose to the top. This is not a small family operation anymore. None of these conferences are. It's a business. And if you think you if if one program thinks that they they have a better shot of making more money by going to, you know, the SEC or, you know, jumping because that's something else that wasn't even directly mentioned. I think someone did ask the question about answer is, you know, what if an alliance, you know, I would assume that the, you know, the the stated answer would be that, you know, we we trust that each conference isn't going to try to poach from the other one. 
And I think that was the main reason for this. The but you know what happens if you know you know the Big Ten wants to get an ACC school or or something like that. Because, you know while while Pitt because it's more of a basketball school does make more sense in the ACC. Geographically, it does make sense to be in the Big Ten. So what if the Big Ten says to Pittsburgh, hey, jump ship, come come to us? You know, does this alliance have any protections for that? And as of right now, my thought is the answer is no. But, you know, this, just with the way it was announced and with the way that, you know, just the way that format, I, I just I just feel like this oozes problems. It's going to, and, and we're already seeing the problems. Now, granted, this may have been something that kind of a, you know, you know, bad accident or something and made people already look at at this alliance, alliance and saying it's not working because a lot of people probably didn't think about this. And I, I'll admit, I didn't think about this initially either. But a lot of people saying because the next day, on on Thursday, yesterday, the uh, uh, LSU and USC announced that they'll be playing each other in the season in 2024. Now, the one thing you have to take into consideration with this is the fact that, you know, L- you know, this deal was probably in the works well before the alliance was even announced. But it seems... And, and they did say they did say in the press conference that teams would schools would not be barred from making non-conference games outside of the alliance. But one of the big things, one of the big talking points within you know within the press conference was that for you know football and basketball. We were going to have games within the alliance. So we'll have Big Ten ACC matchups, ACC and Pac-12 matchups, Big Ten and Pac-12 matchups, which which it was kind of happening already. But I guess if you make, you know, but that's the thing. That's the thing about this whole thing that just doesn't seem to make sense. And, and a lot of people were saying it online as well, is that this was, a lot of this was just posturing. A lot of this was just the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 saying, we're in this together to to stop the big bad SEC from taking over college life. And we're going to protect ourselves by having this alliance. And, you know, it sounds all well and good, but and and I know that the because the may be going bye bye, or at least be 
even more reduced than it already is. But I think that's the wrong way to go. I understand why some people and some lawmakers may think that the NCAA is bad. But what I honestly think should be done is that there needs, especially for Division One F, there needs to be a national body that looks at all. I think it's 120, 24, whatever, whatever number. 130, somewhere around there. FBS teams. And now we'll we'll get into the other sports in just a second, but let's focus on football for a second. They need a, a governing body that looks at every FBS football team and does two things. First, you rank them by prestige. And then the top half you split according to geography into, you know, the the power five. You know, the the power five conferences. Or if you want to go up to six or what what however you want to do it. I think five would probably work best. You'd have, you know, northeast Southeast, Southwest, Midwest, West Coast. You have, and and if you want to keep traditional alignments in some areas, go for it. But, you know, like West Virginia would be in the ACC instead of the Big 12 because it just doesn't make sense geographically. And then you would do the same for the the group of five, for the, the bottom half as well. Um, and if, if, you know, like Notre Dame wants to stay independent, go for it, you know, uh, Army, same thing. I think Navy should still be independent. I think Boston College should still be independent, honestly, because they, they just make more sense to me as an independent. But all in all, this just, get what the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 are trying to do, but I just don't think it's going to work. The other thing to keep an eye on, on and and I don't understand, and I think they they, asked, they were asked questions about this, and they gave very vague answers about this, saying, oh, I think they'll get, they'll get it together, they'll be able to survive this. But if you're really trying to preserve college ball, college athletics, why wouldn't you invite the Big 12 as well? Why wouldn't you invite some of the group of five schools? And here's why. Here's the real reason why, especially for the Big 12. Even though all these Christians were saying, oh, you know, they'll be fine, they'll be fine, they realized that the Big Twelve is the is the sick you know is, is the, you know so 
it's one of those situations where I you you don't want to bring a cancer into the into the situation, you know, in, into the equation. And, and that's what's happened here. That's what you know. That's what's happened is that you know they're uh, you know. That that's what's happened with this whole situation is that you know the the Big Ten, Pac-12, and and ACC are trying to protect themselves. Yes, it's because of what's happened with the Big Twelve, but they could care less what happens. They could care less what happens to the Big Twelve. Now, it looks as though the Big Twelve isn't going to be poached any more than they already have been, at least. As of right now, because the Pac-12 has said that they are not going to pursue its expansion right now. Now, this doesn't mean that one of the other two conferences doesn't try to expand either. But the Pac-12, at least for the majority of the teams in the Pac-12, the Pac-12 would have been the most likely uh, destination for those schools. Now, you have some further up. You've got, you know, like Iowa State would make more sense in the Big Ten anyway because it's in the Big Ten footprint. But, you know, that's why I went... I I honestly wouldn't mind seeing going to the Big Ten. But, you know, with that being said, you know, you really want to make even more of a crazy mess of things. Probably not. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the whole situation with the Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC, uh, Alliance. I don't think it's going to work. It's, it's, at least right now, based on what I'm seeing, it's all just posturing. So, you know, the likelihood that this works, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens over the next you know, couple of months, couple of years, what have you. Do I want it to work? Sure. I would I wouldn't mind seeing it work. But do I think it's gonna work without a contract, without any clear cut idea of what it entails? No. Not at all. Not at all. I'll take a quick break, come back, uh, and then we will talk. We will get to on the field stuff. There's a few other college notes that I'll save for the the end of the program. Um, actually, you know what? I'll bring it up. At, I'll bring it up when I come back from one more ACC note, and then uh, a big news on on the college football playoff front. So we'll come back to that, and then we'll do a full college football uh, preview when we return right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. Where it began I can't begin to knowing But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring 
And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Hands Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching you Welcome back to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. Before we get into the full uh, college football preview uh, for the 2021 season, a couple of other uh, college football notes. First, it's definitely not as big as, as the next note that I have or as big as what we've been talking about for the last half hour. But the ACC is considering moving their headquarters out of Greensboro. Uh, they're they're getting some consultations. They're getting some they're getting some uh, getting a firm to do an in- analysis on whether it would be the the right move to move it out of Greensboro. Uh, it would be crazy if it happened uh, because of the history of Greensboro and everything. But if they moved it to Charlotte, that would make sense. Uh, you know, they, if they moved it to Charlotte, 
you know, they have the they have the uh they have the ACC championship game there at Bank of America Stadium. They have ACC Media Day there. So Charlotte would make sense. But the other cities that I saw on the list do not make sense whatsoever. And I understand I hate it. I understand that this is all about markets and all of that. But, you know, could make some sense because Boston College is the one Power 5 school in the Boston area and in the ACC. New York wouldn't make any sense. And, And, I mean, it would just be even more of a slap in the face and an attack on the Big East, even though the Big East doesn't matter anymore in terms of football. Um, and then the other one that I think would be even crazier is moving it to Atlanta, which is obviously SEC territory. Yes, Georgia Tech is in Atlanta, an ACC school. But traditionally, and even now, Atlanta is SEC territory. So I wonder how that would work if they did try to move to Atlanta. Um Ideally, I want them to stay in Greensboro, but if they if they had to move, if they decided to move, Charlotte just makes the most sense out of any of those. So please, please, please stay in North Carolina. You know, North Carolina is the the center of a, the ACC. I mean, you've got let's see, three, four. At least four, I may be missing one. I know there's at least four uh, North Carolina schools in the ACC. You got Duke, North Carolina, NC State, and Wake Forest. I think that's all of them. Uh, Let's actually look here because I'm kind of curious about this now because... uh, Yeah, that's all of them. Just Duke, North Carolina, NC State, and and Wake Forest. So, but still, those are those are you know four of the big schools uh, in the conference. But yeah, so if, if you're gonna move out of Greensboro, Carolina, and go to Charlotte. The other news that I want to talk about before I talk, you know, going to a full preview. And when I saw this, I just shook my head. I saw this last night on again. And when I saw it, I just shook my head, and then I said, well, it's West Virginia. What do you expect? The West Virginia president, Gordon G., is planning on voting against the 12-team playoff system that has been proposed which would kill it automatically since they need a unanimous vote by the board of managers. First off, before I get to how dumb and idiotic and just asinine and just all the words that you can think of, dumb, stupid, asinine, just illogical, everything you can think of when it comes to the fact that he plans on voting against it. First off, Yes, I understand that, you know, you're you're trying to make it, I, I don't even know, you're trying to make it so that, you know, 
it, it's hard to change it or something. I, I don't I don't know. Why are you going to force it to be unanimous? Because that can that that just makes it. I don't know what what his reasoning. I mean, there's no reason, especially for him. But I don't even know what his reasoning for voting against it would be. But it makes it if you force a unanimous vote, it makes it so that one vindictive person or one person who either A, just doesn't get it, or B, you know, wants it to fail or whatnot, or has their own objective, has their own agenda, can can shut down something that 99% of the world wants. How idiotic is that? So that, that that's my first thought. Just how dumb and idiotic do you have to be for that? And then on top of that, I mean, no one accused West Virginia of being very smart. But they're going to shoot themselves in the foot in the process if he votes against this. And here's why. Unless they get an offer to move to the Big Ten or the ACC, which I doubt, you know, is I doubt is going to happen anytime soon. You thought as you know, as things were moving a couple of weeks ago, you were thinking, okay, maybe, maybe it does happen. Maybe the pat the Big Twelve is broken up, and you know, schools like what you know, West Virginia makes more sense in the ACC anyway. But you know, but I digress. You know, they they should be in the ACC, but they're not going to be. So unless you get an offer to one of those two conferences, you're going to be locked out of the current quote-unquote playoff for the foreseeable future once Oklahoma and Texas moves to the SEC. Because you can't tell me, I don't care how good Oklahoma State and TCU and Texas, you know, Texas Tech isn't really like good ball anyway, but... You know, I don't care about the history of the Big 12. You can't tell me that if if they if he does vote against it and we do get stuck with the four team invitational foreseeable future that, you know, assuming that it stays past when Texas and Oklahoma move on to the SEC and especially with this new alignment or this new alliance you can't tell me that the Big 12 is not going to drop into the same level as the American of them, even if they have an undefeated champion, are going to be snubbed out because of, you know, they're not worthy of college football once it happens. If this happens, I'm just you'll have the power. Notre Dame goes and then one of the spots, and one of the power four will be will be felt will felt be felt betrayed, barring Notre Dame going undefeated. Every single year, I can guarantee you. 
you can you can quote me on this. You can hold me accountable for this in a few years. It, you know when when the, if this happens, every year it will be the the conference champion of the Power Four. Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC, SEC. The Big Twelve will be dropped down into the same in into the same bracket as the American where their high is technically part of the group of five right now, but they're kind of held at a slightly higher level. The Big Twelve and the American are gonna be at that level where they're kinda of be they'll be the middle ground where they're not gonna get into the college football playoff, but an undefeated team probably will be Year's six ball. And then you have the rest of the conferences that will be below them. So that's what's going to happen. I can already see it. I know exact I know that's exactly what's going to happen. So if if he decides to do this, if Gordon G decides to do this. He's going to kill any op- any potential for West Virginia making it into the college football playoff. Now, it, it, do, do I think the Mountaineers are going to have an undefeated season anytime soon anyway? No, probably not. But why destroy even the possibility? It's just idiotic on its face. Like I said, no one accused West Virginia of being very smart. But, I mean, come on. That, I'm just, I, I'm just flabbergasted at how stupid and how excited. I don't even understand what his logic could possibly be for why to vote against this. It's one thing if, you know, the, the Clemson or the Alabama or uh, – oh, be shooting themselves in the foot for when they move to the SEC. But it's – or it's one thing if Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State voted against it. Or maybe, you know, or Notre Dame voted against it. Because they have something to lose. They lose their – I mean – they probably they'd probably get in anyway, but they actually have to work for it. You know, those those schools would lose their automatic berths into the invitational if if it expanded to twelve teams with with the uh, with the so they have something to lose. That I wouldn't like it, but I could understand why they'd vote against it. But uh, someone like uh, a school like West Virginia, where, like I said, without expansion, they have no chance, zero chance of making it into the college football playoff. Zero. So if you vote against it, it's dumb, 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 dumb. And if he's really the one that kills it, uh, I I don't even know what to say. If 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 that happens, I'm just gonna be it's it's gonna be ridiculous. So uh, enough of that tirade. 
I, I hate that. You know, we, we it, it seemed you know when you know back in in I think it, what was it June or July when when uh, when the college football expansion talks started. When I first heard about it, I was like, "Oh my God, this is great! We're finally going to have a real national champion." And then, of course, someone has to go and be stupid in order to 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 destroy it. Okay, en- en- enough of that tirade. Let- let's talk about some actual on the field stuff. No question. We'll win it. Who may be a bit of an uh, may be an underdog that comes up and uh, and plays well, uh, and who and, and and then at the end who will make it into the college football invitational. The American, I, I think, I think Cincinnati is going to win the conference again. Uh, not sure if they go undefeated. I, I kind of hope they do, but you know, at the same time, it doesn't really matter anyway for them. Um, a couple of schools that I think could, you know, could make some noise in the conference and and. Probably not threaten Cincinnati, but at least, you know, give them a run for their money is East Carolina, Tulsa, and UCF. I think those three schools uh, could could do something this year. Um, in the ACC, Clemson is the odds-on favorite. I don't think anything's going to change there. And in the Atlantic... I don't really see anyone even threatening them this year yet. I think Florida State is on the rise. I think Louisville is on the rise. Syracuse, I think, could be potentially on the rise over the next couple of years. But I don't think they're there quite yet. Um, So, yeah, Clemson is the odds-on favorite in the Atlantic. Nothing's going to change that, barring something really, really bizarre happening. In the Coastal Division, though, it's a little bit more wide open, but I think it's pretty much a two-team race. It's either North Carolina and Miami. Miami is getting a lot of hype this offseason with De'Ara King getting all of the NIL offers, all of that. But I think – I don't know on this one. I think it's tight. And I think it's basically going to come down to – it's basically going to come down to on on October 16th, who wins that game between Miami and North Carolina. It's at North Carolina. So while Miami's been getting all the hype this year, this offseason, with that game being played at North Carolina, I'm going to pick North Carolina to, to win the ACC. Do I have a chance of beating Clemson in the ACC championship game? Probably not. Not this year yet, at least. 
They've got some great young guys, one in particular, a local guy here in Myrtle Beach, J.J. Jones. Going in, you know, he'll be, you know, starting his college career at North Carolina this year. I don't think North Carolina is there quite yet. Yes, they have a great quarterback. But I don't know if they have enough to get over Clemson. So Clemson comes out of the ACC, with North Carolina coming out of the Coastal as a runner-up. I think, yeah, you you have to go with Oklahoma. I don't think anyone's going to beat Oklahoma, but especially with the realignment. Oklahoma and Texas throughout these next couple, you know, however long they stay in the in the Big 12, they are going to be under attack by every Big 12 opponent that they face. Especially for Oklahoma, especially against Oklahoma State. Because Oklahoma State is saying, how dare you leave us behind? State has enough to win? Probably not. But that game's fierce already. Prepare for that game to get even fiercer this year. I Like I said, I don't think Oklahoma State has enough to win. But I do think that they will, you know, certainly give Oklahoma a run for their money. So, yeah, Oklahoma wins that conference pretty handily, I think. Texas will do all right, but I don't think they're going to do amazing. Especially, like I said, with everyone gunning for them here. In the Big Ten, on the east side, it's Ohio State's uh, division to lose. I think Penn State can give them a run for their money. But it's Ohio State's to lose. On the west, Oh, uh, it's a, it's going to be a battle between Iowa and Wisconsin, but I think Wisconsin wins it all with the West, and Wisconsin quite has enough to beat Ohio State. In Conference USA, the East, the East is going to be interesting this year because there really isn't one team that stands out to me as. Oh, they're the team to beat. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna have to go with either Charlotte or Western Kentucky to win Conference USA. Middle Tennessee State may be right behind them, but I think those are the three teams to keep an eye out for Conference USA this year. On the west side, again. You don't really have, uh, you don't really have a you know a clear cut favorite in the West. I think I'm gonna go with Louisiana for the West, either Louisiana Tech or or uh, North Texas are the two teams to keep an eye out for in the West uh, in Conference USA. Uh. Notre Dame 
I'll just talk about Notre Dame real quick. Uh, I think Notre Dame, uh, they they'll win a lot of games. I don't think they'll they'll be in the college football playoff uh, discussion this year, though. In the MAC, the East, I think Bu- I, I think Buffalo and Akron are going to be two teams that take a big step up. Uh, Kent State, I think, will be good again this year. Um, but I think Buffalo and Akron are the teams to keep an eye out for as the two uh, potential champions there. Uh, in the West, oh, I don't think I did. I, I didn't do my predictions for uh, Conference USA. Um in terms of who I think will win the 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 whole conference. Uh I think I'm gonna have to go with uh I think I'm gonna have to go with Charlotte. I think Charlotte win wins conference USA this year. Uh in the mid American, uh like I said, Akron or Buffalo I think wins the East. In the West, I think I think it will be either Eastern Michigan. Hmm. I think it'll be Toledo who wins the West, and I'll I'll pick Buffalo to win win the East, and I think Buffalo wins the MAC this year. In the Mountain West, I I think Boise State is probably the the team to beat in the mount in the Mountain. Uh, division, uh, although I think Colorado State will take a step up. I think New Mexico could be a team to watch out for as well. Uh, and then in the West, the West, I think I'm going to go with UNLV. I think UNLV will will win the West, and and I think Boise will probably win the win the conference as a whole. 12 front. Uh, I think wa- Washington will be a tough team this year again, as they usually are. But I think uh, Oregon will be the one to win the North. And in the South, I think it will be the Trojans of USC who will win the South. And I think USC may uh, may come out on top over Oregon this year in the Pac-12. The SEC in the East, I think it's pretty much Georgia's to to take in the East. Although Florida, that you know the the big attack party, uh, I think that's going to be the game that will determine who wins the SEC So, Florida certainly has a chance. I think they'll, they'll certainly, you know, they certainly have a chance, but I think Georgia, at least this year, will just have too much. Florida is a team that's on the rise as well. Florida is going to be a, a tough out over the next uh, couple of years. And then in the West, I don't think anyone's beating Alabama this year. Again. And then, uh, Overall, I think again, I think Alabama wins wins the SEC, and then rounding things off, Sun Belt, 
in the East, I think Coastal is the team to beat in the East. Uh, although I could see some of the other schools um, potentially giving them a run for their money, especially Appalachian State. Um, and then uh, in the West, probably will be Louisiana that wins the West. Uh, but I think Arkansas State could potentially uh, be a threat this year in the West. Um, and then overall, I think Coastal wins uh, wins the Sun Belt again this season. Uh, in terms of college football playoffs, it's going to be the same team as it always is. And this is why things need to change. It will be Alabama, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. Gonna be the same as it always is, and I think I, I'm. I think Alabama will probably win it again. So I mean, not un, until there's an expansion. Unfortunately, the college football playoff is just going to be saying the same things, same repeating the same four teams just about every year. Yes, I know every, you know, every year or every couple of years there's there's, you know, one or two upsets or or one or two, you know, changes. But you can pretty much go into the beginning of the season and basically write down at least three, you know, at least certainly at least two, but more often than not at least three teams into the college football playoff and you're going to be right. And this year is going to be no different. And this is why things change. So yeah, they 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 need to remove uh, they need to remove Gordon G out of the equation before he destroys college football, or destroys its potential to grow. So that'll just about wrap it up uh, for my college football. Uh, talk this morning. Uh, may have one or two other notes, uh, some South Carolina notes later on. Um, but for now, I'll take a break, and then when we come back, I will have uh, we will talk about uh, high school football. Go through last week, um, do a recap of last week and go through all the different uh, cancellations this week, all all of that good stuff, and get you ready for week one here in South Carolina, here on Sports Unlimited, on Southern Sports Central. And as always, if you want to call in, talk about anything, 323-784-9681 is that number to call. That number again, 323-784-9681. We'll be right back with some South Carolina school football talk right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central.
You and- 
Welcome back to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. And now we transition over to high school sports. Talked about some college for uh, for the first hour. Now we transition over to the high school front. And uh, before we get on to week one, talk about week zero for a little bit. And the biggest upset, the biggest game of the week um, in terms of just, you know, the how it was, has to be the fact that Clover beat Dorman, not, and, and not just beat them, beat them not super handily. It was only 13 points. But the fact that they beat them at Cavalier Stadium, too, is very impressive. Uh and I'm going to take the positive route on this and say this is more of an indication that Clover may be a little better than we initially thought this year rather than it being an indictment on Dorman. Now, Clover Clover uh, uh, wasn't all that great last year, but, you know, I think Clover... Do I think they're going to challenge Gaffney in Region 3? Probably not. But do I think, you know, do I think they may... But do I think they, they're they a threat in the playoffs? Oh, yeah. At, at this point, definitely. The, you know, the fact that they were able to win that game uh, kind of shows that. Um, another big upset going through a, a couple of other games. Uh, Northwestern got beat by South Point only by five points, forty to thirty-five. And you know, South Point is still is is a very good team. Is considered one of the best teams in four A. But that's still a little bit of an upset because Northwestern was ranked third last week in, in the preseason uh, media poll. So the fact you know the fact that they get beat by a 4A school is is still a, is a pretty big deal. Uh, Greenville was able to beat Rock Hill, close score there, but you know not not all that surprising, but still a a good win for Greenville uh, as well. Uh, 
Greenwood was able to beat Hillcrest. That was another uh, upset. Not not a huge upset, but still, uh, you know, one that, you know, it's 4A against 5A. Um, so that was, that was one to... Uh, to definitely keep an eye, you know, to to see happen. Uh, going down to some of the other classifications, uh, you know, um, South Florence in their home opener in their new stadium dominated Bluffton forty-nine to seven. They they may be a pretty good team. Norris Sellers. A lot of accolades throughout the week, and you know that you know South Florence may be a, a potential upset maker in Region Six for a. Obviously, Region Six is always a very tough, uh, a very tough battle. Uh, but you know, um, one big upset in three A. Great, not re- I, I. I don't know if I would necessarily say it's a huge upset. But just the fact that Camden was ranked second in uh, in the poll last week, and they get beat by Gray Collegiate. Now, granted, Gray Collegiate, you know, one of those collegiate schools that you know people accuse of recruiting and and all of this, and you know, there there may may or may not be some truth to it. Uh, but you know, the fact that they were able to, uh, you know. Or excuse me, that you know the fact that they they were able to beat Camden is still pretty impressive. Uh, uh, one game that I'm honestly kind of surprised about, one of the local games that I was honestly kind of surprised about, um, is that St. James now was a relatively close game, but I thought Loris was going to be had a chance to upset St. James. Uh, this this past week, um, but that obviously did not happen. Going down into two A, the the big the the big game that was uh, well, there weren't too many huge upsets. The the big one that uh the the big upset or or yeah i would say the the biggest upset um was chesney losing you know is a is a higher classification school um you know they're they're now ranked uh in 3a but still a, a bit of an upset because Chesney was one of the higher ranked 2A schools. Uh, and then in 5A, the the big one, or excuse me, in 1A rather, the the big game, uh, or the, uh, again, it's a higher classification school uh, beating the lower classification, but still a, a bit of an upset uh Beating Lakeview, who were you know considered one of the better teams in 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 one A, uh, so you know a, a few upsets, but nothing nothing too crazy. Um, nothing too crazy this week. Some of the 
Um, there weren't many local schools playing uh, this past week because a few of them were in quarantine. We left it. Unfortunately, we have to talk about quarantines again in uh, in a little bit. Uh, but you know, the the one the one school that really impressed me and I saw it firsthand was Carolina Forest this week. Tying a school record for most points scored in a game at 70. Uh, and just, you know, West Brunswick, I I, I saw that one place where they're, they're about the same size as Myrtle Beach, but according to their head coach, he said they were a, a small 4A or a big 3A or would be in South Carolina. Um, so, you know, I don't know where exactly that puts them in terms of, of size. Um, but it's definitely a smaller school game being by a bigger school. And, and, and he mentioned to me that when we were talking before the game, how, that's going to be the big problem is that they don't have as many players. They can't keep up in terms of, you know, rotations and all of that. A lot of guys were playing on both sides of the ball. So, you know, that's what happens when you have a, a 5A go up against a, a 4A or 3A, you know, especially, you know, as you go further down. And and that's why a lot of see it in – for those of you who are in, you know, some of the South Carolina high school football groups, or you even you see it on Twitter every now and again, you know, the argument of, oh, can a two A beat a five A, or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, on any given Friday, it can happen, obviously, but the likelihood of it happening is relatively slim because you know you don't you don't have to make players. You have to get very lucky. You have to get a lot of, a lot of lucky bounces go your way in in order for it to work. Um, let me just go through a few of the other games from last week. Um, JL Manby Eastside on the road, thirteen eight. Burns dominated Greer, which was. A little surprising. That's another one of those, you know, five A versus four A games. It's a it's a very it's a very good five A against a good four A. Surprised that it it was that lopsided. Uh, Greenwood was able to be Hillcrest on the road. That's a big win for a four A school. But then again, we already knew Greenwood was going to be good. Greenville also beat their 5A uh, opponent uh, last week, 31-28 over Rock Hill. Uh, West Florence beat Lexington on the road, 42-33. You know, 5A and 4A games, especially amongst the top teams in 4A, you you see them beating 5A teams every now and again. There's not much of a gap there. Going up by one classification is one thing. You know, you you see that fairly regularly. Uh, But going up by two or more is is where it gets tricky. 
Ridview dominate Westwood uh, in their new stadium's home opener, uh, 40 to 20. Not really all that surprising uh, there. Gaffney beat Spartanburg on the road. Not all that surprising there. Spring Valley dominated White at home. Uh, Sumter dominated Lakewood. Not really all that surprising there. T.L. Hanna beat Lawrence, but only by a little bit. That was kind of surprising. Um, T.L. Hanna had some problems with Lawrence. Uh, And then Dutch Fork dominating Wren, 70-6. Going through some of the 4A games, uh, Belton Hunter Pats was able to go up to 4A, go up to a 4A school in Westside. Well, Westside traveled to Belton on a path, uh, but Belton still was able to win. Uh, Catawba Ridge dominated Fort Mill. Richland Northeast beat Darlington, which, you know, that's one of those, uh, you know, that's one of those, uh, you know, lower classifications going up. But then again, this is, Darlington we're talking about, so it's not exactly, uh, actually, I take that back. I think Richland, yeah, Richland Northeast is actually a, a 4A school. I take that back. For a second, I thought they were 5A. Or, excuse me, 3A. Uh, and that's, uh, that's just about it on the 4A front. Uh, 3A, like I mentioned, Aner, Lakeview, pretty handily. Uh, not really all that surprising, but, you know, still Lakeview was considered one of the top teams in 1A. And, you know, that just shows if you go up by more than one classification, you have, you're going to have a tough time. Uh, Gray Collegiate beat Camden. Which was a bit was a, which was a surprise. Luda beating Strom Thurmond that was a a bit of a surprise. Um, I thought Strom Thurmond was going to be a little bit better than that, uh, especially with Luda being a two-way school. A bit of a surprise there, uh, but like I mentioned that. I said in during my 2A preview that I think Saluda was going to take a big step up, and it looks like they're they're showing that. Uh, and then that's just about it uh, for the games that happened last week. One game that didn't happen though, and it it was you know. It, it was such a crazy week uh, for them. Appenin Airport, and you know both of those both of those two teams had had two games canceled already in the week, and ended up pairing up at the last minute. And an Airport gets a COVID positive. And the game gets called off an hour before kickoff. Talk about a tough break 
for everyone involved. All of that work, trying to make sure to get a game in, get you know, getting a getting an opponent a game day, and then it gets canceled at the last minute. I I I could only imagine how those two teams felt last week. But unfortunately, that's the world that we live in now. And, and you know, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have to talk about a few more that that were unfortunately canceled. And one big one here in, on the Grand Strand, slash PD. One really big one that a lot of people... now, And this one was one that was... Uh, that was created last minute. And it's kind of ironic now that I think about it. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave that for, for when, when we come back. But there, there's a funny irony about what happened. And, and I wish I could have gotten, uh, I wish I could have gotten Ian Garen on this morning. Um, but unfortunately I think he was either busy this morning or something. Um, hope hope everything's okay with him. Uh, but um, there's a big question about what happened with one of the opponents it, uh, amongst the, that game that I was talking about just a little while ago. Uh, that makes me that raises a lot of questions to, for me. I'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour when we go through uh, all of the games canceled and, and talk about that. But before we get to that, just why I mentioned there, uh, there was one game that happened last night. Uh, Calhoun County beat Barnwell 26-15 last night. Uh, and, you know, Calhoun County may be a team that before we um, before I take a quick break, just go through the uh media poll for this week real quick. Uh in five A, surprise, surprise, Dutch Fork is at the top with per- fourteen first place votes. Fort Dorchester is at two. TL Hand jumps up from four to three. Ridgeview jumps up from six to four. Gaffney jumped up from seven to five. Burns up from 8 to 6. Sumter up from 9 to 7. Northwestern dropped down from 3 to 8 after their loss. Clover, after their big win over Dorman, uh, jumps up from not being ranked to 9th. River Bluff stays at 10. And Dorman drops down from being at 4 to also tied for 10th. Also receiving votes, Carolina Forest gets into the votes for the first time after their big win against West Brunswick last week. Sparenberg, Chapman, Malden, and Woodmont also receiving votes. In 4A, AC Flora at fir- at one with 13 first place votes. Myrtle Bleach, Myr- yeah, Myrtle Bleach, Myrtle Beach uh, tied for second with one first place vote. Greenville jumps up from three to tied for second as well. Catalba Ridge stays at four. South Point at five. North Myrtle Beach at six. Buford jumps up from eight to seven. Irmo up from nine to eight. 
Puerto Augusta up from not being ranked to ninth, and Westside drops down from being in seventh to tenth. Also receiving votes, May River, Greenwood, Airport, Greer, and West Florence. A couple of new schools getting into the votes this week. Daniel at one with 14 first place, first place votes. Chapman at two. Dylan jumps up from six to three. Gilbert jumps up from eight to four. Camden drops down from two to five. Oceanside Collegiate drops down from four to six. Union County jumps up from being at 10 to tied for seventh. Woodruff jumps up from not being ranked to tied for seventh. Brooklyn Casey at nine. And Ainer jumps up from not being ranked to tenth. Also receiving votes, Wren dropped down from fifth down to being in the votes. Chester dropped down from seventh to being in the votes. Also receiving votes are Seneca, Belton Haney at Lower Richland, Clinton, Fairfield Central, and Hanahan. In 2A, Abbeville still at the top at one with 14 first place votes. Gray Collegiate at two with uh, Great Collegiate stays at two. Barnwell jumps up from four to three. Marion drops down from three to four. Newberry jumps up from five from six to five. Saluda up from eight to six. Andrews at seven. Silver Bluff up from not being ranked to eighth. Christchurch up from tenth to ninth. And Chesney drops down from five to ten. Also receiving votes, dropping down from nine is Batesburg-Leesville. And also receiving votes, St. Joe's, Andrew Jackson, Woodland, and North Central. And then rounding things off at 1A, Southside Christian on the top with 14 first-place votes. Lamar jumps up from three to two. Wheel Branch up from four to three. Bamberg-Earhart up from five to four. Blackville Hilda up from 6 to 5. Wagner Sally up from 8 to tied for 6. Lakeview drops down from 2 down to tied for 6 as well. Baptist Hill drops from 7 to 8. Louisville jumps up from 10 to 9. And Ridge Franklinetta jumps up from not being ranked to 10th. Also receiving votes from 9 is C.A. Johnson. And also receiving votes are Hannah Pamplico, Johnsonville, Whitmire, Allen, Fairfax, and Great Falls. So that will bring me to another break. I'll take a quick break and then come right back, get you prepared for week one, talk about all of the uh, all of the matchup for this week, uh, talk about the the uh, postponements, unfortunately, as well, and get you ready for week one here in South Carolina high school football right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. Hey, yo, you ready? Let's do it.
definition of half man, half man, half club, bad boy, that's what's up, half the bucks, crush crews after us, no games, we ain't laughing much, nothing but big things, check the hit list, how we quit up, what changed with the name, we still here, you're rocking with the best, don't worry if I write rhymes, I write checks, who's the boss, dudes is lost, don't think cause I'm iced out, I'ma cool off, who else but me, and if you don't feel me, that means you can't touch me, it's ugly, trust me, get it right dog. we ain't never left, we just move in silence and rep to the death, it's official, I survived what I've been through, y'all got drama, the saga continues, we ain't going nowhere, we ain't going nowhere, we can't be stopped now. I push it down with the Harlem heat All of a sudden, got a problem with me Black, what happened? They running around acting like the black don't care eat And you know what? For some strange reason I'm off of this medication Feeling deranged, needing For y'all to put the word out We ain't leaving We trying to be rich before we all stop breathing Therefore, we kind of hustle lame Stay laying down our muscle game Still turn your dreams to flame you got the wire? If not, I ain't saying no name. You soon expire. No pain. I feel remorseless. Of course, it's me and Diddy up first. Race of horses with the big twin valve exhausted. On the cover of your vibe. Double X sounds the sauce. Come here. Go in nowhere. Notorious, be everything still glorious. We still got warriors, still be the victorious. See, it's a lot of them, but it's more of us. Still got cash to blow, raps to flow, still them cats to know, pack to flow, that's for sure. The pop, the rock, play the background, hand them a shot, hold them a money to get. Cost to flip, love it, place nothing above it It's on like that, don't believe we ain't going like that We're always going to be here, we there We ain't going nowhere We ain't going nowhere We ain't going nowhere We can't be stopped now Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central, and we've got Sam Esquire joined me this morning, but now before we get to him, we transition into week one, and the get you guys prepared for week one before we talk about games that will be played, unfortunately, 
once again, we have to go through a, a good few games being canceled uh, this week. Airport, well, we kind of already knew about this one. Uh, well, not last week, but, you know, at, you know, as a result of airport being put into quarantine and losing their game against Chapman, like we mentioned, airport versus Brooklyn Casey also not being played tonight. Uh, Whale Branch versus Bethune Bowman not, is also canceled, as is Lexington versus South Aiken. Travelers Rest versus Johns Creek in Georgia was also canceled. Westside against Somerville was canceled. Somerville did pick up an opponent in Gaffney. Um, Gaffney was supposed to play Dutch Fork, but as a result of uh, Jack El-Khatib passing away on Wednesday, they decided give Dutch Fork this week to mourn and to to focus on that, Uh, which... Is a good it's a is a good gesture. I understand it, um, but at the same time, you're disappointed that 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 we lost such a great matchup there between Gat, you know, two of the best programs in the state. Somerville against Gaffney will still be a good matchup. Uh, it's it's two historic programs in the state. And so it should be a good it should be a good one. Uh, but it's it it's kind of an unfortunate that we lose that game uh between Gaffney and Dutch Fork. Uh Andrew Jackson against Latta is cancelled. Lakewood against Richland Northeast cancelled. Was supposed to be the home opener for Richland Northeast's new stadium, but they were able to pick up an opponent in Andrew Jackson. That will be a home game, so Richland Northeast will be able to open their new facility tonight. So that should be a fun one. Uh, Gilbert versus Batesburg. Leesville was canceled. Uh, Gilbert was able to pick up a replacement in Aiken, so they will face each other. ACS was canceled. North Central against Keenan was canceled. Kill against South Point canceled. Indian Land versus Northwestern canceled. Uh, Rock Hill and Northwestern have decided to face off against each other, and that's a big rivalry game. And they're facing off against each other on a day's notice. So imagine having to ramp up. Uh, you know, Rock Hill and South Point have you know a bit of a rivalry, but. Imagine having to go from, you know, just a non-region game, a little bit of a rivalry, but not a huge one, to one of your bigger rivals facing off against them on just a day's notice. So, I mean, that's uh, it, it, it's crazy transition. I, it, that, that would be a very interesting uh, storyline. Uh, that would be a very interesting game to call. Uh, tonight between those two. Swansea and, and Dreer canceled. Westwood against Blythewood canceled. That was That's another game. Blythewood pick up an opponent. They will face Goose Creek tonight. But, again, you know, another game that, you know, it's another interesting game that gets canceled. Pendleton against Walhalla 
Candle Pendleton will now play Holy Innocence Episcopal from Atlanta. So another out-of-state opponent as a result of the chaos from this year. Wilson Elko versus Silver Bluff canceled. Hannah Pamplenko from, or excuse me, Hannah Pamplenko from versus uh, Hannah Pamplenko versus Hemingway canceled. Uh, Lee County versus Hem- Hemingway uh, was made and then subsequently canceled. So Hemingway found an opponent, but then that game got canceled as well. Baptist Hill versus Scott France canceled. King Street versus Lakeview was added and then canceled. Uh, Lakeview will now play Scott's branch. So uh, they are they were able to find an opponent. Georgetown versus Andrews canceled. Marlboro County versus Sherrod canceled. Timmonsville versus Darlington canceled. Lamar versus Marion canceled. Timmonsville and Marion will now face off against each other. Blacksville versus Spartanburg Christian Academy canceled. Carver's Bay versus Green Sea Floyd canceled. Blacksburg will now play Green Sea Floyd, so those two teams at least found an opponent. An interesting little series of events uh, that happened this week. Uh, West Lawrence, I guess they thought they could find a home opponent, which this was originally going to be their uh, home opponent for their new stadium. But yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, they might have been playing. I think they were playing Conway. So the the chaos with uh, Region 6-5A caused them to lose their home opener. And initially they were going to travel to Clover, but then they decided to cancel that game because they were, I guess they were able to find, they thought they would be able to find an opponent uh that would be willing to play at home so that they could have their home opener this week. And they were able to after the Shaw and Marlboro County game was canceled. West Florence will now open the new, their new stadium against Shaw tonight. Clover was able to find a new opponent they'll face against a North Carolina school, Myers Park, tonight. Uh, so that should be an interesting game as well. AC Floor against Wilson canceled. Uh and then the big, the one, well, a couple of big notes uh, this week. Well, first off, AC Florida against Wilson was canceled. Socastia against Sumter was canceled. So already the Region 6 5A schedule is getting messed up because Socastia is in quarantine for the next two weeks. So already their second game against Sumter and St. James are both going to be the only games between those two and thus be the games that will determine region rankings. So it, it's an interesting question to wonder if Region 6-5A, I mean, I, I I think they did make the right decision, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if the if the cases start to drop as we get, further into the season will that you know how how will that change things so maybe it was better to have it on the back end but then again it's a good thing to have that little leeway AC Flora will now play Sumter this week 
Uh, and then two, the two biggest uh, notes this week here, especially here on the Grand Strand, was first that Fort Tor- Fort Dorchester versus Berkeley was canceled, and that left it wide open for Carolina Forest to reclaim one of their non-region games that was canceled as a result of Region 6-5A going to the two-region game format, but with a a bit of a twist. Because originally, Carolina Forest was supposed to host uh, Fort Dorchester on the 10th, but now that game will be played in North Charleston at Fort Dorchester tonight. So that's going to be a fun one to call. That that should be a fun game. As always, I will have all I will have the call for you guys. I will have all the action for you guys on SHN Sports uh this evening. So if you have the chance to uh you know, if you want to listen to that game, be sure to do so. SHNsports.com slash Carolina is where you can find it. So that that's going to be a fun game. That's the number two ranked team in 5A going up against a Carolina Forest team that initially looked like this might be a bit of a rebuilding year for the Panthers. So anymore. And this is, but tonight is going to be the real big test to see if they're the real deal or not. It's going to be a very fun game. So that's definitely one you want to tune in for. Uh, And then the other big news that came out this week is that Myrtle Beach and Dillon was canceled. And I, I mentioned it before. It's kind of ironic because it was originally supposed to be Myrtle Beach against Carolina Forest this week. And obviously Myrtle Beach felt snubbed by Region 6-5A, you know, going to the two-region game format. And they decided to snub Carolina Forest of a big payday as a result. And now that game gets canceled as a result of Myrtle Beach having a lot of players in quarantine. So I wonder, even if Myrtle Beach had enough canceled the game, if it still would have been Myrtle Beach against Carolina Forest, if the dominoes would have fell in the same way this week, would Carolina Forest still be playing for Dorchester this week? It's an interesting thought. Um, I would have to say yes, but, you know, and it's one of those butterfly effect situations where you don't know. Uh Uh, and then the other thing with Myrtle Beach, before I get to one final uh, note uh, when it comes to the ch- the ever-changing landscape, is that Myrtle Beach is planning on playing St. James next week. Um, this game may be in jeopardy anyway with the Seahawks being in quarantine. But it's interesting. This is one of the questions I would have liked to have been able to ask uh Ian Garen this morning, it it seemed like Myrtle Beach was basically snubbing the entirety of Region 65A, and now instead of having a very competitive programs in the state and having that big gate, 
now they're bringing the the bottom team of Region Six Five A in a game that would have nearly as much hype as the game against Carolina Forest would have. So it's interesting why you know why would you still be willing? And and it may just be a situation of necessity point because there weren't many teams that were willing to play the Seahawks next week. But we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, one final note in terms of the ever-changing landscape. Region 6-3A have voted to move region games up. They will start in week three. So I would think by now everyone that was going to move things up has to move things up, and everyone who won't hasn't by now. That answers my question about whether or not it would be possible to move things up after the season has started. The answer is yes. So we're going to have to wait and see. And and there's still, I mean, there's some people around the state with all the cancellations still calling for potential, uh, you know, for the SEHSL to step in and, and pause things for a little bit. Now, do I think that's going to happen? No, especially with how the AHL has been over the last couple of years. But, and and it, it's kind of funny, and and I understand, you know, don't get me wrong, I understand everything that's going on with the Delta variant and all that. But it's kind of funny to me how there are people in the state who still think that we're not going to get through the football season or we're not going to get through the basketball season. You know, even last year, with the spiking cases that we had in the winter, yes, basketball got postponed for a little bit, and the, and and Reeves had to figure out how to uh, how to determine their champions and everything. And this was only in certain parts of the state. But they but the fact that, you know, we were still able to get through the season and finish it and play champions that I don't think the the baseball thing a couple of years ago was an anomaly because everyone else in the in the country was shutting down and and that was the thing to do at that point. Now, no matter how bad it got, and I've said this time and time again when it comes to college and pro sports, no matter how bad it gets, I don't think we're going to see another full shutdown of anything ever again. That's just me. You know... Do I think we need to? I don't know. I don't know enough to say one way or another. But will it happen? No. A couple of games to watch this week. Uh, Like I mentioned, that Somerville versus Gaffney game that was made at the last minute after Gaffney was originally supposed to play play Dutch Fork. That's going to be a big game. Uh... This week, obviously, lots of storylines there. Uh, 
both between the programs and with what happened with Gaffney, what happened with Dutch Fork this week. That's going to be an interesting one to see. Goose Creek against Blightswood, that should be a fun game to watch. Uh, Burns against Chapman, I think that should be a good game. Uh, Fort Mill against Chester should be uh, an interesting one. Myers Park from North Carolina against Clover after Clover was able to beat Dorman last week. That should be a good one. Riverside against JL Mann should be a good game. Boiling Springs against Dorman. Can Dorman bounce back after their loss against Clover last week? That should be an interesting game. Luga against Camden should be an interesting one. Spring Valley against River Bluff should be a good one. North Augusta against Ridgeview, 4A against 5A. Uh, both teams on the rise. That should be a good one. Another 4A versus 5A game. This one, two teams at the top of the heap for their respective classifications. Sumter against AC Flora. That should be a fun one. Uh, West Florence opening their new build, their new stadium against Charleston. That should be a fun one. Uh, North Merrill Beach facing off against Loris on Saturday, tomorrow. That should be a good one. And then finally, the big one that I'm certainly looking forward to, not just because I'm calling it, but also it's a, it's got it's got an interesting storyline to me. You know, the number two ranked team in the state gets a team that, you know, some people were thinking was going to have a rebound year, but it looks like they may be a bigger threat than some thought in Carolina Forest. And can they make that next step and really show that they're a real threat in the state? That's going to be an interesting one tonight. That's definitely going to be an interesting one. Uh, So, yeah, those are the games to watch out for uh, tonight. And, uh, and yeah, those, those, those there's some good games this week, even with all the cancellations. There are still some good games. Recruiting notes. Uh, first off, before I get to the guys that were offered and committed this week, NCAA is moving towards expanding the recruiting class limit from 25 for this season, with one proposal adding an extra spot for every player to entering the transfer portal. Another would just simply expand the signing class to either 30, 32, or 35. So for all you recruits out there, that this could play an impact if they do decide to expand it on more offers, more opportunities to get into a Division One program. Uh, so with that being said, we've got a few uh, offers and commitments from this week. Brandon Sissy from Lakewood, offered by Campbell. Monroe Freeling from Oceanside Collegiate, offered by Auburn. On the women's basketball court, Jessica Woods from Westwood was offered by Northeastern. And the the big one that I'll be talking to in just a few minutes, Nemo Squire from the ECU. On the women's basketball court, McCall Kent from Christ Church committed to UNC Wilmington. And on the baseball diamond, a bunch of commitments this week. Maddox Floyd from Chapin committed to Citadel. Adam Serwinowitz 
Sir Sir Winowski, there we go. Adam Sir Winowski from Eastside committed to South Carolina. Dorman committed to Wake Forest. Branton Little from Wanda committed to Wofford. And a decommit, Jack Reynolds from AC Florida decided to decommit from South Carolina and reopen his uh, his recruitment. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up, what he decides to do uh, in terms of where he's going to go for a school uh, in a couple of years. So those are uh, those are all your recruiting notes uh, for this week. Like I mentioned, in just a few minutes, I'll have Nemo Squire from Dillon coming on, talk about his uh, recruitment, talk about his commitment to East Carolina, uh, what he, you know, just what went into that decision, all, all of that good stuff. Uh, so that will be coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, you know, it's been a pretty good show. Lots of things to talk about this week. Uh, next week, we'll have even more things to talk about with, uh, next week, we'll have more things to talk about with, you know, college football really starting up uh, in full force next week. Uh, we've got, you know, uh, We've got some games to talk about this week. Might uh might talk about a few of them before we uh before we sign off. I've got a I've got a big uh South Carolina note uh based on what Shane Beamer said yesterday uh to talk about uh as well. So a few a few more things to come through uh after our conversation with Nemo Squire uh, before we sign off this morning. Uh, That will be coming up in just a little bit. I will take a quick break right now and then when we come back at the top of the hour, we will have Nemo Squire running back from Dillon who has committed to East Carolina coming up right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. Keep it locked right here. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached, head is mad at black, got the bushes black to match, riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your porch, I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch, now can't nobody tell me Boy, hat from Gucci, 
Welcome back to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central as we await Nemo Squire calling in. A quick breaking news uh, that I was I didn't have a chance to scroll through Twitter in time, but uh, posted a, a half hour ago from Ian Garen. Another cancellation for tonight and another one for Region 6. And it's going to be interesting to see how this impacts things moving forward. St. James and Conway for tonight has been canceled. Uh, Conway hit by contact tracing uh, will not be able to field enough players tonight. Uh, So a big blow for Region 6-5A. And now we do have Nemo Squire on this one. Nemo, good morning. Good morning. First off, I want to say congratulations on your commitment. What made East Carolina the place for you? Oh, man. East Carolina, East Carolina felt like home from the beginning uh, for me and my family. Uh, and and God saw fit. And um, being that we are a faith-based family, uh, we prayed about it. And um, that's that's what we chose at the end of the day. You you mentioned you mentioned your faith and everything, and yes, I'm sure you had, I'm sure you had to pray about this. You had I would say the the craziest recruitment I've ever seen. You had interest <laughs> coming. You you had interest and in offers coming from all angles, from you know power five power five programs like Clemson and Arkansas to the military academies to HBCUs to the First off, give me some of your most memorable or interesting, any sort of, or a funny moment throughout your recruitment. Any any cool stories about you know this crazy ride that you were on? Man, um, I would say probably this year was crazy. Um, this summer was ridiculous. Uh, I was traveling a whole lot, um, just trying to get my decision right, just because I knew I wanted to make a decision early on, um, in the football season. But um, 
it was crazy. I mean, it was it was a bunch of ups and downs. Um, you know, we um uh Colorado was a was a beautiful place. Um, I can tell you that. Uh we went up there early on and uh visited Air Force and that was my first time being on the plane, so it was uh it was a great experience. So this recruitment kinda took me kinda took me everywhere. And like you said, I did have a uh, a lot of different offers. I got from HBCU to Ivy League to um to Power Five and military and all the military academy. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it was just a it was just a blessing within itself. Um and I thank God for for all of them because, you know, uh some people just look at you as a football player but there's more to it. And um I just thank God for allowing me to be on this platform and, and it giving me the opportunity to be able to make a decision at the end of the day. Because uh, a lot of guys don't have the opportunity, so yeah, ab- absolutely. You mentioned how you wanted to get the decision done pretty early. How important was it for you to be able to make that decision early on in the season so that you could focus on the field and focus on what you wanted to do your senior year? Right. Um. You know, with COVID and things like that going on, I mean, it's a lot that's going on within the football arena right now, especially with high school football. It's a lot of ups and downs. I mean, we're practicing each week, you know, looking forward to a game on Friday that uh, that might not be promised, you know. So um, just being able to commit, it's, it's like a weight lifted off my shoulders. And uh, just like when Mike called and uh, gave me the offer, you know, he told me off the bat, you know, this is a committed little offer, you know, and, and when you came up here, you know, we fell in love with you. And I've been on Coach Foster about you, uh, which is the running back coach, and it was just, uh, that connection that we had when we first went up there in the beginning of the summer. And when they gave me the offer, me and my family sat down and we was like, you know, this is it. This is the one uh, we've been waiting on, you know, and this is the one that uh, that uh, God stay fit, you know, not too far from home. And, and, and it's just a place where I can grow as a young man, grow spiritually, physically and mentally, um, some, some place that I, that I desire um, to do that at. So, it, it it checked all the boxes. You mentioned the uncertainty of uh, of each week when it comes to practicing and all of that. And this this week encapsulated that for you guys. What has this week been like? From you know thinking you were going to face one of the best teams in the state uh, at in the beginning of the week, and then suddenly finding out oh we're not playing anyone. You know, being a leader, being a leader on the team, uh, it does it does kind of make your job a little challenging at times because you still have to implement that mentality, you still have to implement the attitude, um, you still have to keep the camaraderie of the brotherhood um, still there, the team still there, the atmosphere of working hard and wanting to get better each week got to be there because, you know, like I said, Friday nights are not promised. And we worked our butt off this past week, even, um, you know, fighting against the weather a little bit with all this heat going on. I mean, it was a few practices. We had to take our stuff off. Um, but we still got it done. And uh, we were very much looking forward to the game and very much prepared for it. Um, and very much hyped for this game. I mean, you know, we, we had a pet rally and everything set up. But, you know, at this, at this point in time, you know, it's really a praying time for everybody. Because you know you can't really depend on nobody else. It's out of our hands, and you just pray about it. And I, I thank God for what He's doing in the midst of this storm. Um, because 
like I said, Friday nights are not promised. So, you know, you have to depend on something else uh, instead of Friday night because you will go weary in this in this, in this this season right now. So, Yeah, that it is. That is. I, I, we, we talked about it before. Your, recruit, your recruitment was such a wide range of schools. Did you have any yeah. thoughts? Uh, did you have any thoughts or conversations with your parents or with other people on, especially with the different types of offers you were getting, what your main focus was in terms of going to college? Not many recruits have the choice between going to an Ivy League school and focusing on academics or going to one of the military academies and knowing what that goes with it or just going to a regular college. Did some of those offers change your thoughts about your recruitment or was it always, I want to go to a regular, you know, just, you know, FBS school? Well, um, you know, in, in my household, you know, I was raised that, you know, school books is first, books is first. And you use, you use football to uh, project you and not allow football to uh, use you. Um, And going to college was, was going to be one of those things. Um, that I was going to utilize uh, football as well to be able to go and get a great education and and grow spiritually and, and grow as a leader um, and grow as a person off the field and continue to um, be who God ordained me to be off the field because, you know, football ends one day. And, um, you know, a lot of players don't like to talk about that, but it's true. And, um, you know, you see it a lot nowadays, you know, guys – going to college and, and, you know, they go into the NFL circuit a little bit and then, you know, they get out and it's like, what do you do? Um, so I want to use, you know, the college arena for the best of my abilities, where it's net, networking, um, getting a great education and uh, meeting people uh, who I've never met before and kind of putting myself in uncomfortable positions so that I can grow um, because you can't grow in, in comfortable uh, places. So, um, college is just, college is just a place where, you know, thinking about it, um, was, was a place that I wanted to expand my academics. Uh, I wanted to be an engineer. I want to be an engineer. Um, and that was a goal of mine for me and my family. So picking and choosing the right place, uh, really had, had to be a place where I fell in love with the school. And ECU, outside of football, I fell in love with the school just going on a visit and enjoying the atmosphere and where it was located and just the school, the campus, um, the people that's around there. It was, it was, it was amazing. Uh, so, you know, with that being said, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a huge part in, in, in why I picked ECU and, and why my recruitment was the way it was. You, you mentioned uh, you want to go into engineering. Is that what you're going to major in at ECU? Yes, I am. I, I plan to go and uh, go into their uh, biomedical uh, engineering um, engineering arena there at uh, ECU. Considering getting the uh, Ivy League offers, I'm curious, what's your uh, GPA? My GPA is a three point. 3.9 GPA. Very nice. Look, uh, yes, looking sir. at 
looking at on the field stuff now, you you have a brand new head coach over at Dillon this year. How has it been under Kelvin Roller this year as compared to how it was with Jackie Hayes? Man, oh man, those two. Let's see. We can start from let's start from the from the goat himself, Coach Hayes. Um, uh, Coach Coach Hayes, I moved. I um I had the 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 great honor to be to play up under Coach Hayes coming into high school my ninth grade year. Um, I was the first ninth grader he ever started in Dillon, um, and it it was a major opportunity. My I was 14 years old playing for my first state championship with Dillon. Yeah, it was a little nerve-wracking, but um, uh, I was prepared for it and I was ready for it. Um, and, and Coach Hayes believed in me and, and just the, the way he carried himself with class, and it speaks volumes. And, you know, if you ever talk to him, you'll understand why he has the success that he has um, in his legacy, I will call it, because it's not, you know, it's no longer a career, um, mm-hmm. a legacy that he left in Dillon. Um, where it, 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 bridged the gap as well as it, uh, it, it made a platform, uh, for other coaches like coach Roller to step in and continue to continue to build a program on. I mean, he left the standard, he left a, a standard there that, uh, we all, we all can continue to grow from. We all can continue to work towards and, 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 you know, coming into this year, that what coach Roller wanted to do. Uh, you know, coach Roller, it, coach Roller was, with the, um, the office of coordinator um, before becoming the head coach. So me and me and Coach Roller had a good relationship uh, beforehand, and you know, coming in, he talked to he talked to me being one of the captain, being being the captain and leader of this team. You know, he talked to me about it, and he was truly grateful for me um, because of, of of how I bring the guys together. And, and Coach Roller brought a different atmosphere. He brought a youthfulness to the team. Uh, and you know this team worked so hard this all season, uh, and and it brought that that uh, that extra that extra energy that uh, people were looking for in Dillon football, uh, and and people were, are looking forward to how Dillon football is going to continue to grow and continue to expand for the next few years, uh, leading from uh, Coach Roller. So. You you mentioned playing in the state championship when you know your first year with the program, and and this was this was when it was being played at Williams Bright. How yes, how big was that? How big was that going into that stadium? Seeing you know especially you know that early on, saying this is what I want to be in four years. Yeah, well, man. Um... My ninth grade year wasn't my first year in Dillon. I played JV in Dillon as well. I've been in, um, um, I played JV my eighth grade year and got pulled up to varsity and was able to be part of that team. But um, you know, like you said, my ninth grade year, uh, being in that stadium and and it was it was a surreal moment. It was a a, a dream come true. Um, I would say for sure. Um, and you know, I look back over the the years before high school that. That the preparation and, and the coaching that I got that prepared me mentally for that game, uh, really, uh, it wasn't anything physical, but it it was the ment- it was the mental aspect of it, you know, because you get in there and it's like wow, like you know you're here, it hits you, yeah, you're, you're here, but you know what you're going to do on that platform when you get there, 
you know, that's when it goes back to that preparation for years. Um, it comes out it uh, in that moment, um, you know, especially the coaching and, and the guys who I've grown from for years, uh, mentioning a few names like Coach Beatty Waddell and Coach Booker and, um, you know, those guys who, who had a strong impact in, in, in my football career early on um, through my youth years that, had, that helped me prepare for prepare for this game and have success in this game throughout high school. Um, you know, that that state championship was um, – it was amazing. Uh, it taught me a lot. It, it put me on. It put me at a place where I understand where we need to go, where we need to be, and how to get there. Look, looking ahead to the rest of the year, and and not just on the field but off the field as well. What's the biggest thing, whether it's on or off the field? What's the biggest thing you're looking forward to in your senior year of high school? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things would be. I tell these guys all the time, passing the torch and, and uh, making more leaders upon on the team. Uh, that's my biggest thing this year is to be able to be able to uh, impact other guys and and get other guys to to a place where they're leaders and get those guys to step out and you know be confident in who they are and 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 play this game you know confidently, but also make people around them better. You know, and and just continue to pass that on um, as I leave. And um, you know, and I tell them all the time, you know, this is just a foundation. You know, y'all y'all are going to be standing on my shoulders. And you know, this is just what what I'm doing is just the the floor of what you can do. You know, and continue to grow, continue to build. And and that's one of my biggest goals is to, is to make more leaders in Dylan and 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 the program. And uh, build these guys up on and off the field, whether it's in the school, whether it's how they carry themselves off the field, the characteristics, and and just you know understanding who God is um, within themselves, uh, and knowing who they are, and, and that they have a purpose here on earth. And I tell you, and, and I also have a quote that I always, that I always, I always say, you know, it's passion in your purpose. And, you know, a lot of guys are, are feel like. Um, feel like I, I, I come off very strong and very adamant in the huddle, but it's my passion speaking. It's uh it's that passion for the game. It's that it's that passion and that love that I have for those guys around me. Um, you know, over the years that passion and that and that purpose of, of, of the place that God put me in to be able to walk in this place, you know, it comes out. And I thank God for my parents being able to speak life into me all these years. Um, from the beginning, and, and now people are just seeing the manifestation of what they've been speaking into my life for years. So the biggest thing that that would that would be the greatest thing that I would say um, is impacting other guys around Dylan and the community uh, to be leaders and know who they are, um, and that they have a purpose. And you know the passion, the passion come out inside their purpose. That sounds like Dylan is the Dylan program is going to be in a great place once you're gone. It looks like there's great things yes, looking man. forward to in the future, and you're a lot of good things looking forward to for you in the future at ECU. Uh, good luck with everything. Good luck with Thank everything you. for the remainder of the season. Thanks for joining me this morning, and uh, yes, sir. 
And, and is there? A, I'm assuming not, but you, are, you guys just have a bye week now, correct? No, um, we plan to play. We uh, we have Wilson coming up this week. Um, oh, for the game of the week. Oh, you did get a uh, last minute replacement for Del- for uh, Myrtle Beach this week. Yeah. Well, not. No. 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 We're not playing today. Um, oh, okay. That, yeah. That's- yeah. 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 Okay. So you guys yeah. play Wilson next week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh. Well, uh, in in enjoy your uh, off week and uh, and good luck with the rest of the season and Thank you. Thank uh, you. look forward to seeing your ad. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yep. Thanks a lot for joining me this morning, Nemo. That was uh, that that was Nemo Squire. It, it's still crazy for me to think, and and it's so it's so good, it's so refreshing to see this kind of thing. You know the the old, uh, you know the old cliche of you know the the uh, you know the top the 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 top players, uh, you know, uh, the the top athletes are the ones that. You know, they're they're solely focused on on sports, and they don't have good grades, and they're they're jaw, you know, they're you know they're jarheads and and all of that. It, it's so it's so refreshing and so it, it's so crazy to see a, a guy like Nemo Squire who is getting offers from all fronts. You know, it, it's one thing, you know. I'm you you see plenty of guys who are, you know, top notch athletes who from both the, the military and some power five programs. You see that. And, you know, the the guys that are willing to go into the military are the ones that go to the academies. But very rarely do you ever see a recruit offers from FBS programs, regular programs, military academies, and Ivy League schools. You don't see that very often. And, you know, it seems like, you know, uh, ECU is the best place for for Nemo and and it's going to be great for him. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be great to see him move forward and and all of that. And you know, it's just you know, once again, congratulations to him and and you know, I think I think he certainly made a good choice for himself and you know, wants him and that's one of the big things. That's one of the big things you always hear is. Go where you're wanted, and it seems like that's a place where he's certainly wanted. And you know, uh, but it's still it, it's still crazy to me. It's it's still crazy to think about how you've got these guys that you know, you know, it's very rare. You don't you don't see it very often. Like I said, I think he's one of the first guys that I've ever seen that had such a range of offers. You know, 
that or that had such a range of losses. Uh, but being able to say, oh yeah, I have an offer from you know Arkansas and Yale and Navy. Like, huh? What? That's such a weird, uh, you know, a weird grouping of of offers. But you know. Like I said, you know, it's great for him that that he, you know, that he uh, found a place that that he's happy, and you know, looks like it's uh, uh, you know, looks like it's going to be a good fit for him. Uh, so. It's uh, it's you know it's gonna be fun seeing him grow and progress at ECU. One quick note, um, I'm gonna take a quick break in just a little bit. Before I take a break, uh, like I mentioned, uh, the St. James and Conway game, uh, like I mentioned, has been uh canceled tonight. And as a result of that, um, as a result of that, that was supposed to be the Friday Night Rivals game here on the Grand Strand, but that will be changed to the West Florence home opener against Chirac tonight. So a, a quick, uh, a quick uh, switch there. Um, be- between and that, I can only imagine uh, having to be the broadcaster uh, that game tonight and having to switch things up uh, that quickly. But you know, it's going to be uh, that should be a fun game. That's going to be a good game tonight. That's that that is that is for sure. Um, Not too many uh, other notes uh, as of right now. Oh, actually, here's another one real quick before I take a quick quick break. Another one just coming through. Lee Central and Hemingway, that game has been canceled tonight. So, uh... It, it doesn't stop, unfortunately. It it just you know it it keeps on going. Still, still a few hours away. I mean, like what happened last week. Uh, you know, you never know. Uh, right now, chat. You know, it was an hour before kickoff. Chapman Airport. It was canceled. So you never know. It's you know it hit. It, you know, stop and go right up until the end. Uh, so, but, so be sure to stay on the lookout for, on Twitter if you're planning on going to a game tonight. I'll take a quick break and come right back and wrap things up, uh, got a a Gamecock note, got a few other notes to, uh, round off the show. So stay tuned right here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central.
breaks out loud. Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. We got about a half hour left. We got to just run through a few uh, a few other uh, notes around around the sports world today. First off, a quick South Carolina Gamecock note. Uh, as we are a little over a week before the season starts for the game, they start next week. Next weekend. Cody should be ready for next week. Uh, no official confirmation still saying it's still, you know, technically up in the air. But right now, it looks as though he'll be ready for uh, week one next week. Uh Go through a few games uh, that are that will occur before the next show. Um, the games going on um, mostly on Thursday. 
But go through some of I'll go through some of the games that are occurring uh tomorrow. Uh Nebraska and Illinois, that should be shouldn't uh probably won't be a huge game, but should be an interesting one. Uh Yukon and Fresno State. Uh that's one that's, you know, kind of that that's a coast coast to coast game. That should be an interesting one. Uh, Hawaii and UCLA should be interesting to see how UCLA starts their season out. UTEP and New Mexico State, and Southern Utah and San Jose State. Not too many, not really any big big games on Saturday, but you know, a, a couple of fun games that should, uh, you know, and a couple of local guys in in those games as well. Uh, so you know, games to look out for. Um, and you know it's still it's always fun to have football. Wednesday only one game Jacksonville State against UAB, which you know that should be an interesting one as well, but nothing huge. And then Thursday is the big day that really starts things off. Uh, you got Coastal facing off against the Citadel, uh, UCF against Boise State. That's a good matchup between two. Uh, group of five powerhouses. East Carolina gets Appalachian State. That will be a good game in the Duke Classic. Uh, Tulsa and UC Davis. That should be a pretty easy win for Tulsa. Uh, and those are the main, those are the big games that are happening on Thursday. No huge, huge games until uh, Friday, but we'll talk about those next week. Uh, so be sure to to look out for those. Um, but like I mentioned, to see football back next week, we'll do a full week one preview, and then in a couple of weeks, we've got NFL back. So each week is going to be a new new step in uh, in season uh, in starting the the season and starting the fall off. Uh, looking uh, one more final thing before uh, we sign off with uh, with a little over a month. Well, yeah. A little over a month left to go in the season. Uh, let's look through the MLB standings and look at who should be in, who might be in, and who's probably out at this point. Uh, it, first off, starting in the American League, while the Yankees have been playing incredible lately, currently they they are currently on a 12-game winning streak. Tampa Bay is still playing very well. They're on a four-game winning streak. They're up by four games on the Yankees. At this point, you know, do they have a chance to get to the Yankees? Absolutely. You know, any, anyone does. Uh, do Do I think they're going to? Probably not. Uh but you know it's it, it's going to be 
it's going to be interesting to see how how that plays out uh, with with the Yankees and Rays and and you know Boston Boston isn't exactly there yet uh, or Boston I don't think it's going to make a run for the the division championship but they're still in the hunt for that second wild card spot uh, you know they're still two game two and a half games up on Oakland for that second wild card spot uh, and so you know they they could do something as well. It's, it's going to be interesting with something crazy happening. It looks like we may have three AL East teams in the playoffs this year. Now, granted, like I've said before, with the way the wild card is set up right now in, in Major League Baseball, I don't exactly count uh I don't exactly count uh, making it into the wild card game, but then losing as making it into the playoffs. It's basically I, the the comparison I make is to um, the the comparison I make is to um, the the new NBA play-in tournament. You know, it, you know those those. Seven, eight, nine, ten teams. If if they didn't make it into the playoffs, then they don't count as playoff teams uh, to me. If they didn't make it into the main playoff conversation. So yeah, look, I'm gonna say that Tampa Bay hangs on. Yankees will make it in through the wild card. I think Boston probably makes it into the wild card as well. Although I think Oakland could make a run. You know, Seattle could make a run as well. Uh, In the Central, Chicago basically has that one on lock at this point. Up nine games on Cleveland, who are just over 500 right now. Uh, In the West, Houston probably has it as well. Uh, up five and a half games on Oakland. Uh, that, that that could change as well. In the National League, Atlanta probably has that lockdown, but you never know. Uh, up five and a half games on Philly. Uh, in the central, Milwaukee look they pretty much have that one locked down eight and a half games up on Cincinnati. And in the West the West in terms of division uh races is the most interesting. Because the Dodgers are only two and a half games back on San Francisco. Now both teams have been playing very well. San Francisco's on a five game winning streak. Dodgers on a three-game winning streak, so it's not like it's not like either team is letting much. Uh, but you know, I, I think into the playoffs regardless because uh, the Dodgers are eleven and a half games up on Cincinnati, 
for the first wild card spot. So Dodgers are pretty much a shoe in for at least the wild card. Uh, San Diego still has a chance to make it in with the wild card. Two games back on Cincinnati. That would be that would be very interesting to see. And and I'm kind of surprised. Well, I'm very surprised at the Rays. I'm very surprised at how well the Rays have played. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not all that surprised that the AL East has the most teams coming out of it into the playoffs. And I'm not at all surprised that the NL West, the vision to watch in the NL. Uh, but that would be an interesting little storyline. If San Diego is able to, and you know, San Diego needs to get their act together though. San Diego definitely needs to get their act together right now. They're, they've lost four in a row. Uh, so if they want to have any chance of making it into the playoffs, even as a wild card team, they're really going to need to get their act together. Uh, at least Cincinnati, you know, they won a game last night. They're six and four in the last ten. So you know they're playing okay, but you know it's definitely giving San Diego room to potentially sneak in there. But I would love to see that. I would love to see that happen. And I, I wish, I wish the MLB and and I, I hope that we get now Tampa and Oakland need to get new stadiums first, obviously. But I would like to see some expansion talks in the MLB. Bring it up to thirty-two, and then have it like how. Have it like how the NFL was. It's six playoff teams per league. Uh, two and and the two wild card teams. Uh, you know, either a face off against one of the the lower or the yeah the lowest uh, division teams with the top two teams getting buys, or have it be like it is now, but instead have them actually play a series. Well, actually, I take that back. That would defeat the... No, have them play the the bottom two division champions. Expand it, have four four divisions per league, and, and do it that way. Because right now, it's essentially... And I've been saying this ever since... Uh, Ever since the 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 new wild card format was implemented, those wild card games are because it's just one game. They're essentially playing games at this point. I don't even count them as really part of the playoffs. It's it's like how uh, it's like how in college basketball the first four games are technically counted as the first round. And they're technically unofficially, but officially at the same time, counted as NCAA tournament teams. Like, those teams can say that they made it to the NCAA tournament. But in reality, to everyone, I mean, hell, even even in, uh, 
even in bracket challenges, even like when you're filling out your bracket for those those uh, for the tournament as a whole, those don't count towards towards the bracket. You know, those games, you you know, after those games are played, then you can fill out your bracket with the teams that were that won those games. So if you really think about it in that sense, games are playing games. You know, they're even called as such, or they used to be at least. Now they're called the first round to try to not make them feel bad, at least for those who lose. Uh but I I I I uh, say that the wild card games in in bait in ML in the MLB are basically the exact same way. Uh, you know they're they're the exact same concept because you know uh, they're the exact same concept because you know that's that's just how it is that that's just how it is is that that's that that's what that that's it it just is what it is and 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 for and for fans of teams that are potentially gonna be in the in the uh wild card playing game, there's a simple solution to not having yourself not being able to be called a playoff team, in my opinion. Either A, win your division, or B, win the playing game. And then you're really in the playoffs. But, like, you know, I mean, this may be partially because of me being a Yankee fan, but, like, I remember a couple of years ago when the Yankees were going to, you know, they weren't going to win the division, they were going to make it in through the playoff, or through the wild card. And I said... If they don't win this wild card game, I don't consider them a playoff team. Because if you really think about it, they weren't. So, you know, that that's my opinion on that whole thing. Uh, you know, I've I've mentioned it before. For those of you who've listened to the show, you know, if you listened to it last year when we were talking about this stuff when the playoffs were starting, I mentioned this. Uh, but yeah, uh, that just about wraps it up for me. I've got, you know, got a few more minutes left on the show. If you guys want to get any last minute thoughts in on anything, high school, college, pro, uh, call in 323-784-9681 is that number to call. That number again, 323-784-9681. And, uh, yeah, we got week one in high school. It's I think it's technically part of week one, but, you know, I think a lot of people still call this weekend's games week zero. Uh, a couple of games, nothing, nothing too spectacular, nothing too crazy uh, in terms of... Um, in terms of matchups this weekend, but it's still good to have some football. Still good to have some college football on tap. And, uh, yeah, once again, it was a lot of fun talking to Nemo Squire this morning. Uh, he's he's definitely going places. 
committed to ECU, had a crazy uh had a crazy uh recruitment and you know, best best of luck to him. Uh you know, a lot of good games this weekend. Well, tonight really. A lot of good matchups tonight in school. Like I mentioned, for those of you here on the Grand Strand, uh, here in the area, those of you who, uh, for for those of you uh, who were thinking of going to Conway San has been canceled. Uh, so, quick note for you guys there if you if you didn't hear it earlier. Um, but still, a lot of good matchups. I'll be calling, as always, I'll be calling uh, the Carolina Forest game. Carolina Forest at, uh, at Fort Dorchester, which originally, it was originally on the schedule uh, change as a game at Carolina Forest. But as a result of the change, it will now be at Fort Dorchester. And, you know, a big matchup for for both teams. But especially for... um, Especially for Carolina Forest, it's a big matchup. For them to show Carolina High School world what they're made of and and how they're how good they're gonna be this year, uh, you know, are they gonna be one of the top teams in the state, or are they just going to be you know a, a good team? Don't get me wrong, but are they not gonna quite be you know top of the food chain level uh, level there? Uh, once again, uh, let me just mention, uh, you know, uh, let me just mention real quick, um, you know, let, let me just mention, uh, real quick that, um, you know, we have, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, we've got um, um, wow. What am I? What am I trying to say? Uh, got a lot of good games on tap this weekend. Um, you know, will be something to keep an eye out for. Uh, over these next uh oh, oh over tonight lot, lots of good games tonight uh to keep an eye out for um you know got you know got got some pretty good games this uh this week for uh South Carolina High School football, Sumter, AC, Florida, you know, Goose Creek, Blythewood, uh, 
now the the la- the last minute uh addition of uh Somerville and um and Gaffney you know lots lots of good games uh to look forward to this week and you know lot lots of things lots of games that could potentially have uh right implications uh you know move, moving forward into the season and and I will say one thing real quick one final thought uh before I sign off this morning it's so nice and so refreshing although I will say I wish it were I wish it wasn't necessary for a number of reasons for one obviously we want this uh, virus. We want this pandemic to end. But even on top of that, uh, you know, obviously, obviously that's the main reason why all of these changes and all of this craziness is happening. Uh, but on the the fact that you know, the SEHSL isn't really getting much guidance or leadership. And I saw something early, uh, I think it was last or yesterday, uh, Ian Garen posted, and, and it makes sense. And and it, and you, you saw it last year, too, um, is the SEHSL, and, and I feel like this is more of an optimistic approach or an optimistic look at at what's going on but the SEHSL have basically just thrown up their heads and said you know if if you want it this way you've got it and you know we'll be hands off you can do whatever you want uh because of a lot of the complaints last year about them pushing season back and all of that and you know parents not being happy about it and all of that is I understand the the frustration and the unhappiness about this, you know. This isn't like college where you can give them an extra year of eligibility and all of that. But at the same time, where do we draw the line between you know wanting to have a season and wanting to give these kids, you know, something to look forward to and then not uh but then at the same time protecting them. That that's the big question uh that you have to ask yourself and you have to figure out, you know, where is that line? Where where do we say, you know, this 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 is what we need to do um, you know, because, you know, that's, you know, that's part of being an adult, being mature and, and having to, you know, you have to make tough decisions sometimes. And that's why you don't, you know, you know, you don't leave those kinds of choices oftentimes, more often than not, you don't leave those kinds of choices. You know, the, the parents are the ones or administrators are the ones that make those decisions. 
because it's the responsible thing to do. But that's just my that's my opinion on the matter. Like I said earlier, I don't think we're going to have any change at this point. But like I was saying, real quick, I'm just I'm very happy that these schools have you know bucked up and said, okay, if we're not going to get any help, if we're not going to get any guidance, or if we're not going to get any leadership, we'll do it ourselves. And we're going to be flexible. We're going to be able to say, hey, this is what we need to do. And it's been great to see schools being able to, at a moment's notice, be able to reformat their schedules and and get this done. So that'll just about wrap it up for me uh, this morning. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hope you guys uh, enjoy your Friday Night Lights. Wherever you're headed tonight. Uh, so that'll just uh, wrap it up for me this morning. I'm Brandon Missing saying so long. You've been listening to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And until next week, I'll talk to you guys next week. So long, everyone. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.